Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That is Petula Clark, of course, and Romeo, uh, back from the 1960s. We're going back even further from the 1960s to the 15th century. 15th century Verona, in fact, and, uh, of course, Romeo and Juliet, young, impatient, passionate... But what happens after that? I'm sure you remember from uh, from your storybooks. Uh, and to tell us more about the Lace Market Theatre production, which is on from tomorrow, Monday the 19th, all the way through to Saturday the 24th of February, uh, is the director of Romeo and Juliet, uh, Max Bromley. Good morning, Max. How are you? Very well, thank you. Marvellous stuff. Uh, now, Romeo and Joliet, Juliet, it, I mean, it's, it's quite the popular Shakespeare play to do at the moment. Um, there, there's been the Nottingham Shakespeare's Company's version of it, which have been touring, uh, and uh, they, they, I've noticed two or three others which are not quite around the area, um, but uh, they, they are knocking them out. Why do you think this particular play is so popular at the moment? I suppose because it's the... Shakespeare play with a story that everyone is aware of and perhaps in that case everyone can identify with in in whatever way they wish it's um yeah it's a love story it's if you want to put spoilers on it it's really I suppose it's dangerously underage perhaps relationships but they are married and as it was perfectly possible to do in uh, 15th century Verona uh, in those days. Um, it's a play about passion. It's a play that involves death, um, not only of the two protagonists, but quite a few other people on the way. Um, it's a story with a certain universality. It's um, been a very popular musical, um, recently refilmed um, as West Side Story. And it's something, I think, it's it's a Shakespeare play which a lot of people can enjoy on more than one level. Now, then, when, when you go about directing Shakespeare, um, d- do you approach it from any different way to any other play? Because, well, first of all, we know no, the, the no, language no, no, is no, no. OK, yeah. you've got to think. This, is a, this guy ultimately is a storyteller. I can remember, for instance, many, many years ago, I went to see a film version of Hamlet with Mel Gibson in and because Mel Gibson was in it, there were an awful lot of people in the audience who'd never seen Hamlet before. And it was absolutely wonderful, all the oohs and ahs that were coming out of the people who just didn't know the story. So to start with, you take the text and you think, this, is a st- this guy's a storyteller. What sort of story is he trying to tell? And then you sort of, uh, considering the limitations of your budget, the limitations of the size of your stage, the limitations on the cast, you think, no, I can't have a cast of 26 people in Romeo and Juliet. There must be at least 26 speaking characters. So you think you've got to cut those down. But otherwise, it's, it's, you go about directing this play in the same way you do it any, any other. You look at it, what's it trying to say, what's it trying to do, and then how, what's the best way you think you can get that over. I see. Now, you see, I'm, lear- I'm learning stuff here all about uh, direction and, uh, and everything else. So, uh, Nadia, you mentioned um, all of sort of the characters in there. You've got a cast of 12 playing yes. 25 roles yes. um, in there. Um, I mean, it, is it... I, I, and th- this is from a complete uh, sort of... Not even a novice, really. Uh, someone who's just interested in it. How easy or difficult is it 
to direct 12 actors to play 25 roles because each character is obviously very different. Yeah. Um, so is it easy, is it easy for a, you know, an, an amazing director like yourself? Well, no, no, it's, it's, it's because it was a very good cast. Um, it's basically because um, they're the ones who are doing all the changing. They're the ones who are sort of desperately trying to find uh, the different different characters. And I'm just saying to them, look, okay, you're going to be a servant here, and then you will... Uh, because at one stage, there, there's some very interesting casting. Um, the act, same actor who is playing Romeo's father also plays the gentleman who gives Romeo the poison to kill himself. Um and at the same time, also becomes a servant to his loathed enemy, the, the Lord Capulet. So there are some quite rather interesting um, little dynamics which might bring a certain frisson to the audience. Oh, I've just seen them do something. Uh, and then there being something else, um, which, is, which is quite fun. But uh, uh, any, ideas, any ideas I have are all very well and good, but the, my cast have got to be able to do it. And my cast can. And as we've been approaching the final rehearsals, I've been sitting further and further back and saying, right, okay, guys, this is all your show now. You're doing, you're doing it. And that's great. You've mentioned the, the, the sort of film versions and everything else. And yep. each version, each stage play you see of, of I suppose, any Shakespeare play, really, um, can be very different. Um, can we expect something different from this? Is it a traditional uh, retelling? Or um, I haven't deliberately set out. I, I haven't deliberately set out to make a, a statement about the play. But what has appeared very clearly as we've progressed, and this wasn't something which was laid on. This was something that developed in rehearsal, so it developed out of the text. Um, that he got the title wrong. Um, it's the Duke at the end of the play. He says, never was there a tale of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. Ah. And I think the play really should be called Juliet and Romeo because Juliet's the one who's in charge of everything. She's her father's daughter as Romeo is his father's son. Juliet is the one who... Uh, she's the one who, for instance, at the end of the play, she kills herself. She literally gets the dagger and she stabs herself. Romeo buys his death. Some, he buys poison. He drinks poison. There's the sort of certain more dynamic there. At the very beginning, Juliet proposes to Romeo. Romeo doesn't propose to her. She proposes to him. And perhaps their very first meeting, it's, I looked at it and I thought, that's what it means. Um, they do the first meeting where they sort of hand to hand and it's, it, it's all written in the form of a sonnet for those people who want to go into all that sort of technical stuff. Uh, and at the end, uh, he, he, at the end of the, this little bit, he's kissed her twice. And she looks at him and says, you kiss by the book. As in, you kiss as you've been told to do. And then I've got her. She just grabs hold of him. And she kisses him and says, this is a kiss. And she's the one. She's the one who's taking charge. And I didn't set out. I didn't set out to do a sort of feminist take on this. I didn't set out to do anything with it. Um, because, you know, if you start pushing, if you start 
coming along to a show and saying, this is going, I'm going to do a version of this with. No, well, you, you're doing disservice to the text. It's got to come out of the text. And you think, okay, this is what's happened. And that's, I, I suppose, that's, that's the angle we're going. It's, okay, I know the official title is Romeo and Juliet, but now we're all thinking of it, Juliet and Romeo. See, girl power in the 1800s, Shakespeare had, had got it all worked out, hadn't he? Oh, and... no, no, 1600s. Oh, 1500s. sorry, 1600s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, and we've seen sort of these musicals which are on, on the West End, and there's one which is knocking about called Anne Juliet. There's not yes, one called yes. Anne Romeo. Yes, so, yeah. there you go. It's a, it... Well, no, because if you, if you look at, to start with, Romeo, even his best friends are saying, what's the matter with you? Because all he's doing, he's, he's sort of just moping around. He's being very sort of um, classic, wet, sort of um, mopey, um, almost Perry-ish um, sort of, um, yeah. um, um, I love her. I, she, he thinks he's in love with this girl called Rosaline. And he's only in love with the idea of love. And he's sort of, um, um, you know, he's walking through, um, he's walking through romantic glades and not speaking to anybody, and then suddenly finds someone who he actually understands, and sort of it's um, the earth starts moving a bit for him, and sort of um, he becomes a different person. So a really powerful role for Daisy, who's uh, who's playing the part oh, yes, of, yes, uh, of Juliet yes. there as well. So and of course Daisy, um, Daisy's come up. Um, she about three or four years ago she was in our youth theatre and yes. um, she, she was in uh, she was, the last thing she did was picnic at Hanging Rock and she played the headmistress in that and then um, sort of uh, yeah, about four years have passed and now she's sort of um, she's playing Juliet Brilliant stuff. Now, I know that you are the go-to person in the wardrobe department um, yes. at the Lace Market so what are the costumes like for Romeo? I nearly said Juliet and Romeo. That Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of it is it is sort of Italian Renaissance ish. Um, Alive for the fact there are lots of changes. Um, uh, so there are changes of costume for the changes of character. Costume are there to denote character. I eventually decided I can't do changes of character changes of costume to denote time because although the play takes place over five days because it they meet on sunday and they're dead on friday um so you know they're wearing the same costumes for the week which i suppose was italian renaissance because of course they didn't have laundrettes so um they just they just wore, wore they just wore their clothes until they stank so much they'd have to change them um <laughs> So, uh, you know, so the other the other thing is um, is that we are going after we've done the production at in Nottingham uh, the, in March we're going back to our twin town in Germany of Karlsruhe and we're taking two shows we're taking Romeo and Juliet and Shakers Restirred to our friends in Karlsruhe. Oh, brilliant! I, I knew about Shakers was going over because um, yeah. we, we spoke about that uh, sort of last time uh, we, we spoke about Shakers. Uh, but I didn't yeah. know about Romeo and Juliet. So that's going to be brilliant for them as well. Now, yeah. apart from being the director, you're also the set designer on this. So, yes. is the set a big one? Is it stripped back? Uh, what can it, we expect? It, it's 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 very bare, very sparse, and it's very black. Um, it's simply a black box. 
because our stage is quite small. So what we can't do is, if you start doing very realistic scenery, um, it, it's there all the way through the play, uh, even with the even with the most cunning lighting. Um, so essentially, it's just a performing space, and we've got um, we've got a raised level for the balcony, and David does have to climb down at, from the balcony, um, but otherwise, it it just sort of happens in a black box with lots of rather nice costumes, some of which haven't been seen on our stage before, because um, sort of some we've acquired things. And it's been quite a long time since we've actually gone, used the sort of the, the period costumes from our wardrobe. So there are going to be some rather nice surprises. Ooh, looking forward to it. And I suppose with it being sort of all completely black, it, it reflects the darkness of the, the tale, yes. the tragedy yes. as well. Yes. So, so that, that's all in yeah. there. So. Yeah, yeah there, are, there are certain things which you, which you can't get because, of course, there's, the, there's a fabulous moment in the Zeffirelli film version, um, which is uh, the, it's the start of Act 3, it's the day is hot, uh, and our blood is stirring, the capels are abroad, etc. And it's where, it's where all the major fight starts, and you haven't got that sort of, that blinding light and the blinding heat you get, but um, it does, I suppose, you're right, it reflects the sort of darkness of the piece, uh, and of course, it ends in it ends in the um, Capulet's um, vault thump, vault in the graveyard. Now, in your opinion, why do you think Shakespeare is still so popular today? Because, as I said at the start, he tells stories, and he tells stories perhaps almost as well as anybody else. I know there are things in it. Uh, you know, there are. You know, you, you get there are bits of Shakespeare saying, oh no, why are you saying that? It's a bit repetitive. And to a certain extent, it, even Romeo and Juliet, um, it's a relatively early play. So um, there are, it, there's quite a lot of rhyming, which is sometimes it's, it's, it's there for a reason. Other times it becomes, there are some fairly awful rhymes to do with Rosaline. Um, Romeo's first love, and you, you think, oh no! Um, you've also, I'm afraid, I, I've cut it. Um, it is quite a long play. Originally, it's it it plays. I suppose if you do all of it, it's going to play for over three hours. Well, three hours is a long sit, so I've um, I've cut quite a lot. It means it's now going to be um, first part's about ninety minutes, and the second part is fifty. So it's uh, it's about two um, what well, two hours two hours twenty playing time. But with anything at the Lace Market Theatre and anything you're involved with, you get your value for money. So that, you well, know, that, yeah. that, that's one reason to go down and see it. Um, Max, where can we get tickets from? Uh, tickets either online or the box office is. Um, uh, there are tickets available um, for most before. There are tickets available actually for all performances at the moment. Um, but so uh, you can either turn up or just ring up uh, in the evening or book online. 
marvellous stuff. I always say book online because that way you can choose your seats. You yes. know yes. you've got your tickets then. So yep. uh, so brilliant stuff. Um, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's at the Lace Market Theatre. It starts tomorrow, Monday the 19th, goes all the way through to Saturday the 24th. Uh, yep. I'm so looking for I, I love this play. It's one of my favourite okay. Shakespeare's play. I uh, can't wait to see it. I'm down there tomorrow. So, Max, thank I'll you so much. Yeah, oh, you definitely will. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I shall let you get back to your Sunday, and and we'll see you down there tomorrow at the Lace Market Theatre. Cheers, Max. Cheers. Ta-da, mate. Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. (laughs) 